Look, it's a known fact that this might not be the actual days or the time of the month or the time of year, for that matter, that Easter took place. But history records it that Easter did take place. And because of that reason, I'm going to title this morning's message the weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that whole Passion Week, the weekend that saved the entire world. And I hope to explain this to you, those that are guests, those that are visiting, and to us who come here, we tend to take our salvation for granted, not even realizing the great price and how doomed and damned we were without Easter. So the opening text is going to be found in Genesis 3, starting with verse 17. We're going to show how all this came about and how much the Lord loved you and what he has done for you. And now the rest is up to you. It says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of the wife, thou hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. But he disobeyed God. He partook of something that God told him to leave it alone. And then this came. Anytime you disobey God, there is something that comes after that. There is a curse. And it says, Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat all the days of the life. And so it started. Sin was released, the box, Pandora's box, and it just ran all through the world in that fact. A disobedience to what God has said. Then came the curse. From that curse, all sorts of things have now gone on. Verse 18 said, Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And in thy sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You and I all have been infected by sin. By one man's disobedience, sin entered the world. It's proven right there. It's recorded in the Word of God. You can see it. History tells us about it. So all of us now, and, and it's also inexcusable, but people actually think, well, no, not me. I don't, I, don't, I don't sin. I've had people tell me that. From Adam and Eve until this day, all have sinned. And we're going to look at the Word of God. Romans 5.12 tells us this. Wherefore, as by one man's sin, Adam, entered into the world. Sin entered into the world, and then death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I was created to live forever. I was given a body by God that was not supposed to decay, not supposed to succumb to disease, not to grow old and gray and wrinkled. I was given an eternal spirit always to live with God. And then Adam sinned and ruined all this. And because of that sin, it spread to all of us. And now we see it being told us in Romans. In fact, the book of Rome was written to a bunch of Christians in Rome. And he says this to them, as by one man's sin entered into the world. And so because of that, now death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And that's all of us. From that young man sitting on that corner all the way through to Bob the usher back there. And all have sinned and fallen short, the Bible says. Just the way it is, you might not like it, you might not want to hear it, but this is the truth. Even if you don't think you have the symptoms, let me point them out to you. Psalms 14.1, now you think of our nation, you think of our world, you think of our society, you think of the morality, you think of everything you see on the news and hear what we do to each other. Symptoms are all over the place. Psalms 14.1 says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. 
The psalmist said, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand or seek God. They're all gone astray. They're all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Now, who is that not talking about? Guilty. I'm, I don't like it, but I'm guilty of this. No, not one, the Bible says. Isaiah tells us this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. More so now than ever. People no longer want to come to the house of God because they don't want to hear the word of God. They want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, and how they want to do it. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, they just change the word of God and say, see, I can still do this and attain heaven. And that's exactly what we're living in, at least in America for sure. They want to just do their own thing, everyone to his own way, and the Lord says he has laid the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 64, 6 tells us this, but we are all as an unclean thing. Now, this is not meant to offend you. This is telling you the truth. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. His name is truth. And he also said, because I tell you the truth, what did he say? You hate me. Man, where'd you guys go? New Hope, you here? You don't know your Bible? What's up with that? It's exactly what he says. Jesus says, because I tell you the truth, you hate me. In other words, we'd rather be lied to. And that's where our society still is. We'd rather be lied to than told the truth. Just leave us alone for now. Well, sooner or later, you're going to stand in front of him who is truth, who is the word. And so you are blessed this morning to be here to hear the truth, the absolute truth. So he says now, we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away, the Word of God says. All the various things that you like to do that you think is going to attain heaven, good deeds, all that kind of stuff. Verse 7 again tells us, And there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. None. Jeremiah, another prophet, he comes up and he says, Their land, ha- uh, their land was filled with sin against the Holy One of Israel. Is that not true in America? Christ is not loved by much anymore in America. So I hope you understand that you are infected with this. You have it. I have it. It's an infection. I mean, I got, I'm dealing with a sore throat all week. In fact, I'm trying to sink. I got some spray in my briefcase trying to, and if someone catches out and, or sees me or thinks about that, and they say, ooh, I don't want infected by you. Well, you already are. You are infected. You know how we are. We, we kind of don't want to be around sick people. We don't want to be around if you're, you know, nigh unto death. You want to give us a hug. It's like, come on, I don't, want, I don't want all that stuff. Because you don't want infected with some type of strep throat, sores, whatever it is. But God is telling us now because of man's sin, man's disobedience, we're all infected. You got it. You got it. You're infected. A lot of people say, not me. I don't feel sick. I don't look. Do I look sick? Not bad shape for an old fellow. Okay. John, 1 John tells us this. 1 John 1 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I, I, don't, I don't think I've sinned. 
I don't, I don't think I've sinned. I think I'm, I'm pretty cool. Me and God, are, we're all right. God says, I am deceiving myself. The Word of God tells me, you're kidding yourself, buddy. Have you ever kid yourself? Uh, absolutely, we do. We do it all the time. So in other words, if we're infected and you're starting to try to, try to grasp this and, okay, I, I see where you're going and maybe we are, but tell me something. Is it fatal? Is this thing I have this uh, supposed to be happy Easter morning, is it fatal? Romans 6.23 tells you, for the wages of sin is death. Yes, it's fatal. You have a fatal disease, sin, running through your veins right now. Pumping through your heart, going in sin, pumping out sin. Running through every aspect of your body. Romans 5.12 tells us this. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Death by sin, so death has passed upon. It's fatal. I am fatally infected with this disease. I wasn't in the garden. I didn't do it, but I got it. Amplified version, Romans 5.12 says this. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man and death as the result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power because all men sin. It's fatal and you got it. And by the way, it's an epidemic. It's in India. It's in China. You can take your dried bananas and your canned peaches and dig your hole and put your cave in. You already got it. It is an epidemic. We're going to be wiped out. And so man says, my goodness, we're going to do something. We better find a cure. So man is still trying to invent some type of vaccine, spiritual vaccine, for some type of cure. Here's one of them. We can work our way to heaven. People are attempting to work their way to heaven right now. People have gone to Easter church this morning attempting to work their way to heaven. See? I'm here. Working our way. Or we keep certain days holy. Certain days. Not every day, but certain days. Or we'll wear certain clothings to try to present some type of holiness. Or the ladies maybe get into no makeup. Or we won't go to movies. Or we won't go swimming. We'll just try to be pleasing to God in everything that we do. Well, what's the word of God? What's the plumb line say? That might sound pretty cool for you and I, but what's the plumb line? If I put the plumb line up to you and you're crooked, what are you going to do about that? You're going to do something about it? You're going to straighten yourself up? Or are you going to go, I don't believe it? No, now it's straight. Galatians tells us this. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. You can do all kind of good deeds, and I'm not saying they're bad and you shouldn't, but that is not, you're not going to attain heaven that way. You can go back to your spiritual doctor. He can take your pulse, stick a thermometer in your stab you like that TB test, and he's going to say, uh, buddy, you still got it. In fact, it's worse. Ephesians, uh, Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. In his sight. In God's sight. In other words, you're going to tell God, God, I'm going to do 20 spiritual jumping jacks for you, show you how much I love you. God said, I ain't going to work. I don't care if you do 50. I don't care if you do 100. No matter what you do in this body, by your ability, is not going to justify your way into heaven. It's not going to happen. So if you're infected, and you have not applied the cure, 
you're fatal, you're in problems this morning. Ephesians 2.9 tells us this, not of works, lest any man should boast. If there was a way for us to work our way to heaven, we'd be bragging about it. We'd be writing books about it, be autographing it, and selling it to you. Poor peon that you don't know this. Here's how you get to heaven. You hit this autographed book by me. In fact, I'll be touring in Columbus. You can come see me. We'll have a uh, conference there. Only $159 to get in. Doesn't that go on? It goes on all over the place. God says, this is not even going to be of works because you'll just boast. You'll absolutely boast. It's impossible to be cured, and we got it. Here's some other antibiotics or things that men have come up with. So we start creating our own way. New age. Now I'm going back, and this is all these different things that have new age, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Buddha, other sayings that you just have to be baptized or just attend church or just give money, help the hungry, help the burn victims, give to the Red Cross, be a big brother. Ain't going to do it. You can go back to the doctor, and you still got it. You are right here, even if you don't believe me. I don't, it, it doesn't matter if you believe me. I, I wish you would. But you'll fail the final test when you stand before God. So Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto men. Right now, all you folks, you're thinking. There's a way that seemeth right unto men, but Bible says the end thereof are the ways of death. Your way, my way, all these different ways, all these different religions that we have created, all these different work things that we try to do, God says you still got it and you're going to die. Acts 4.12 says, neither is salvation in any other. And you can run to Sung Young Moon. You can run to the next guy who burns incense and holds his fingers like this. You can run to the next thing that comes down the pike. And God's already told you. It doesn't work in anybody other's name. It doesn't work. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Not my name, not the name of a denomination, not the name of the church, not even this church. No name. You can run to them all. You can start the one if you don't like this one, and we do that all the time. We've got like 102 or 110 churches in Muskingum County alone. John 10, 7 says, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door. If you don't like it, you're in trouble. But this is what he said. I'm the door. You might not like the door on my front, on my house. You might not like where it's located. You don't like the color. But if you want to get inside, you got to go through that door. If you want to get in out of the storm, out of the rain, you want to come in to get something to eat, come in to get some medicine, you got to go through the front door. And this is what God is saying. I am the door. Christ is. This is the answer to the infection that you and I have, this incurable disease that we got. We'll try everything but Christ. And, and the Word of God tells us that. Galatians 1.6 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. You understand, there are other gospels all over the place. 
Well, how do you know yours is right? I'm just trying. We're putting it up here in the Word of God and everything so you can see it. Proving that this is what the Word says. Investigate the Word. Go back as far as you can in the Word. See it. And God tells his people because he loves you, there are plenty gospels out there. But I marvel that you're so soon removed from the gospel. Look at our nation as it gets farther and farther and farther and farther away from the founding father's belief in the word of God. How are we doing? How's our nation? If the gospel is messed up, then America should still be all right. And it's not proving that this is right, because this is all they had. You understand the only book in, in school, in grade school, was the New England Primer. They would learn the ABCs from Scripture. A, all people have sinned. That's how they would do the Scriptures, I mean, or the alphabet. Now we replace it with a silly song, A, B, C, D, E. And they learned the Scriptures from ABC in the New England Primer. Go buy one of those books. You can find them online. New England Primer. Go find it. Go see it. That's what your father's fathers were taught in this country. So God says, Christ, that you uh, they are removed from the grace unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. That's what's going on. And the only way that you can tell whether I'm not giving you a bunch of perversion right now is to plumb line me. Plumb me with the Word of God. That's how you build something straight. You're going to build your entire life on what you think is right, what you want to be right, what you want to do, and then stand before Almighty, who is the Word. He's the Word. You're going to stand before the human, or the, the real plumb line. He's going to go, what did you do? You're going to say, I, 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 don't, I don't know. This is the weekend that has saved the entire world. Let's just pretend it was this time in the, uh, March, the end of March. This weekend was the answer for the entire world. So are we doomed? You might be. Listen intently. I grew up when polio was a scary thing. Dave, you remember polio? We were at the same age. I was scary. I had a buddy with them big things on his leg, big real braces, and his name was Jimmy down in Little Italy. It's true. I remember polio. Look, do you remember being vaccinated? We could probably, those of us my age could probably roll up your sleeve and they still do that, Nance? They still give you that vaccination or you drink it now? Do they or don't they? Any nurse? They do. You remember that? They would give you that and you would see that thing. And it was just, ugh. Do you understand what that is? I, I brought this out years ago, but do you understand exactly what they're doing? They're giving you the disease. They're giving it to you. You go in healthy without polio, and they say, come here, I'm going to give you polio. And you go in, and you get it. Inoculation, to be vaccinated. That's what vaccination means, to inoculate. Inoculate means to implant a disease in a person by introduction by germ or virus. Welcome. 
we're going to give you polio today. And we streamed in there by the thousands and millions. So the vaccine they're looking for is actually the germ or the virus. Listen, you've got to understand this. When your mom said you're going to go and get your free polio shot, the doctor was waiting for me with polio in his needle, waiting for me. The various thing I didn't want, wanted nothing to do with, don't ever get near me, spray, cough drops, nothing. He's saying, come in, we're going to give you polio. When I was in the military, I got the Hong Kong flu, the swine flu. I got all these shots at one time. We walked through some long corridor, and they had guns then, not the needle, and they would shoot you. We had three or four of these different kind of, and God, we were falling over like bowling pins at the end of the line. You, I don't know if you remember that. We were falling over sick as heck because they gave me the disease, inoculated. They vac and they gave it to me. Now I got this disease racing through my body, this germ or virus through a puncture. Isn't that insane? In fact, the guy before me, and I've shared this before, if they didn't get that gun flush on your skin, if there was a little cock, the thing would shoot the vaccine through and it would hit on the wall. It would blow a little hole in your arm, and the vaccine would hit the wall. Air compressed. And it happened to the guy right in front of me. That's how they would give you this, through a puncture. So a deadly virus, who wants it? Seriously, isn't this insane? But it works. It absolutely works. They puncture you, they give you the disease, your body attacks it and defeats it, and it becomes immune to it. Then they puncture you again to draw it out because it's the cure. Ruth doesn't have polio, and, I, and they give it to her, they pull it out, her body defeats it, they got it back in, now they got the cure, and they give the cure to everyone else. Through a puncture, through an injection. Later on, uh, that you would drink it. Oh, drink polio. Doesn't make any sense at all. But polio was stayed. The disease was brought to almost a halt. If they found, my age now, if they found some little boy who's all twisted up and deformed from polio, you would look at the parents and say, Why? You had to cure. Well, we were too busy. We didn't have the money. It was free. We didn't believe it. And they have found some with polio. And they just shake their heads and think, why? There's no reason for this young fella, this person, to be infected with polio. In order to get the cure, they couldn't get it from somebody that is already infected. My buddy Jimmy, them K, he would walk. They couldn't get the cure from him. He's already got it. He's already infected. You had to take it from someone who doesn't have it, give it to him, draw it out, to save the rest. Problem is, 
you and I are all infected. Who is without sin here? We need some blood cleansing. Who is without sin that we can, come on, we're, we're all doomed. I'm going to die if you don't step forward. J-Dub might want to help me. He comes, takes the test. You got it. Someone else runs up and says, oh, I'll help take the test. You, we all got this thing. We all got it. We've seen it through the word of God, through the plumb line. All have fallen short. We all have it. So the weekend, whatever weekend that was, that saved the entire world, went like this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, this Jesus that we sing about, this Jesus that most despise and hardly anybody wants to serve, this is what he did. For he made him to be sin for us. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. You mean he's, he's sinless? You mean we could possibly get a cure from him? Yes, we could if he was willing. If he would go like the lamb to the slaughter. If we could draw that sinless, precious blood out. For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What? The father said, son, I have to inject you with every sin known to mankind. I got to inoculate you with this deadly virus called sin. All sin. The rapist, the child molester, the whoremonger, all of it. Galatians 3.13 says this, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. We were cursed because Adam disobeyed God, and therefore death passed upon all men. Christ said, I'll be the curse for him. I don't have that sin in my body. You can inoculate, you can puncture me. And draw from Emmanuel's veins. And you'll have the cure. This is what Easter is. Again, when my little seven-year-old grandson talking about Good Friday, he said, why they call it good? This is why. I'm infected. I'm damned. Eternally lost. No hope. Until this... God steps in and willingly takes my place. The Bible says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. But past, this doesn't make any sense. Does drinking polio make sense? Yet you did it. If you could have faith in some intelligent Sinner science man, don't you think you could have some faith in the sinless God? All of you have the cure. Some have. Oh, dear Jesus, please forgive me. Some have, and some of you are still going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't think this is for me. Isaiah says, 53, 4, surely he hath bore our griefs. He has carried my sorrows. 
Yet we, de- we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted for me, for you, for you. They plunged that spear, out came that sinless blood. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Amen. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The cure is in his blood. He had to die. He wanted to die. We needed him to die. So he died. Ephesians 1, 7 says, in whom we, I, have redemption. How? Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. How? Through his blood. You have it. Even if you, if you kind of look at this cross, it almost looks like a syringe. The thumb goes up there and injects and you can find life. The disease can be stayed this morning. But you see, I can't inject you. I had to do my own. It's a personal relationship with Christ. I had to come to a point where I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't go on. God, this has to be true. This has to be true. Please come and save my soul, my wretched soul. Please come. That's that's applying the blood. And I became became a born-again person by the power of God through his blood. Every one of you have one of these. You're like, what? No. Someone else must have got. No, you have one. We didn't pass them out at the door. They're not laying on your pew, but you have one. By faith, you have one of these. All you have to do is believe this. And to those of you been beat up so bad by church, religion, pastors, liars, fibbers, good-for-nothing people, the whole bit, God says there's still dealt a measure of faith in your hand. Pretty much everyone played a card game. Just move the cards around. Push the depression out of the way. Push the despair out of the way, the hopelessness. Push the dead out of the way. Push the divorce out of the way. Push the broken heart. Push it all out of the way, and you'll find the card of faith. And as you play the card, God will give you the cure. I believe you, God. I believe you. I believe you with all my heart. In goes his cure, his pure, sinless blood. You come out redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, happy day. We end with this. If he, Exodus 12, 13 says, And the blood shall be a, 
uh, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. Maybe everybody's seen the uh, old Hollywood movies where Moses and God was saying, I'm going to destroy people. They're going to take their lives. But you take the blood of a spotless lamb. Okay? Remember John when he's baptized and he says, behold, the lamb of God. You take that blood and you apply it to your door. And God says, when that death angel comes to destroy and he sees the blood of the lamb, he will pass over you. He'll know you're a believer. He'll know you inoculated yourself with faith, believing in Christ's mercy and grace, and he'll pass over. That's what they did for real in the old. Now Jesus is our, our lamb that was slaughtered. We take his blood and we apply it to our lives. We try to live holy and plumb according to this. We'll flub up. I'll get bloody knees, but I'm going to get up, dust it off, and I'm going to keep walking for God. There'll be phony preachers. There always are. There'll be liars in the house of God. There always are. But pardon me, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to, I'm going to be redeemed. I'm, nobody's going to stop me from going. I'm going to serve Almighty God. Now the big key is you. You've been given a short story of it. You've been seeing the answer, trying to parallel it to injections. What are you going to do with yours? Well, I don't, I don't think I, I can afford. It's free. Why? Why would you not give that young boy polio back then? Why? Why would you sit here on this Easter Sunday morning and God reaching out to you again? Why would you not take the cure? Why would you not say, oh, Jesus, forgive me for living majority of my life without even thinking about you? Or a casual relationship with God. And I'm not talking about just believing in God gets you to heaven. No, 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 no. I'm talking about God, please forgive me of my sins. Making it personal. I'm not talking about religion. I'm Presbyterian. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the cure this morning. Look at our nation. It's refused the cure now. Taking God out of everything. Get rid of that. Look at us. Are we healthier? 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Let's all stand. We've got communion yet, but this is very important. Please listen to this. For as in Adam all died. That's all of us. I came from Adam. You came from Adam. As in, as in Adam all died. That's the hope that we have without Christ. This would be a miserable day if that scripture stopped there. But it doesn't. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 goes on and says, For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Alive. Well, I don't just move the cards around. I'm not talking about believe in new hope, joining new hope, believe Pastor Joe, just believe the word of God. There's faith. I don't think I, that's a lie. God says, to every man is dealt a measure of faith. You're going to stand before God. He's going to have this and have a card of faith, and he's going to look at you and say, why? This is nothing new here at this church. We always give altar calls, always. We believe in taking time and coming down and saying, oh, God, please forgive me, Lord. Help me to understand this Easter thing, God, that this is the weekend that you have saved the entire world. 
There are plenty of these to go around. If you were without Christ this morning, we're asking you to come to this altar, bow your heart and knee before God, and by faith trust God to give you that sinless, pure blood that came from His Son who willingly died for you so that you could live. In Adam, you will die. But you will be made alive in Christ. To the Christian that dies, a believer, takes his last breath, takes his first foot in the presence of God. That's in the plumb line. It's in the Word of God. Is there anybody here? New Hope folks, if you want to come to the altar just to give thanks to God what he's done, please do. Please come. We want to open up our altars now and give some opportunity. Those who come down here and maybe, just maybe want to believe and take by faith, I'm sure you come here with some friend. Ask them about it. They'll pray with you. A few second prayer. All it takes is that you believe it. You believe it. Is there anybody that wants to come forward today? Easter, resurrection, anybody want to come from Christ, from death to Christ? Is there anybody want to make sure you're walking with God? Kill some of the lights, please. Turn the music up. We're not having church tonight. Here it is. Free. Who would have thought? He's here to rescue you. Don't let fear hold you back. We're lost. I need help, Lord. You are the one. A little less. Don't assume this is too vital. Oh, my gosh, this is too scary to stand before God. You're one breath away. One breath. Who would have thought? Amen. Keep coming down. Battle going on in your mind now. The enemy wanting you to not come forward, not to come down. Don't listen to the enemy. Make sure. Hey, Lenny. Make sure. Who else? Make sure. He's all we got. <laughs>